Hey everyone, and welcome back to Ginger Biz, the podcast. Today, we're going to dive into blog startup, the first three months. I'm a ginger who snaps photos, but my real jam is business. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, now kicking it on the East Coast. I'm a successful entrepreneur who wants to share my passion with the world. We will walk through my journey as an entrepreneur while balancing motherhood, a full-time executive role, and living life to its fullest. This podcast will be an educational resource on entrepreneurship, a raw, uncut look at motherhood, and a place for you to find encouragement. Whether you're exploring entrepreneurship, been at it a couple years, are a mother, a full-time employee, or just want a good laugh while learning, put your headphones on because we're diving in. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to have you here. Starting a new blog is both exciting and daunting all at the same time. The internet is full of tips and tricks and suggestions for this endeavor, but I want to chime in and share what has worked for me. And I can't wait to see how you use these tips to help in your own success for your own blog. So I've been blogging for, I don't know, like 10 years now. And my blogging from 10 years ago is drastically different than it is today. You can probably go online and find like PK Photography or Eliza K or all these other things because I had different, um, what are they called? Pen names, I guess, if you will, um, but really called business names over the years. And so you can Google them and find them and kind of see some of my old work, but do it at your own risk. Here's your warning. It might not be pretty. But now today, my blog is so much different because I do things that are going to help grow my business and get more views and reach my potential client. Versus before, I think I just blogged to blog. I went through time frames when I would literally post a blog every single day. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I spent that much time blogging, let alone the fact that like, what the content was, but like every single day, that's kind of outrageous, especially when I was like trying to meet certain word minimums because like, it's just a lot of words. I don't know how I had that many words, which is so funny because in doing this podcast, I'm always struggling to like hit the 20 minute mark. I just don't have, I'm like so much more direct and I don't have that many extra words and fluff nowadays that I'm just like to the point, boom, here it is. Anyways, so Let's talk about blog startup and what you should be doing in the first three months of launching your blog. First off, you want to find your niche. This can change over time, but to start, you need to have an idea of what you want to cover in your blog. It can be as simple as a visual journey to showcase your art, or it can be a journal to share your experiences, or you can educate your ideal clients. The possibilities are super endless. You could even do like a home improvement blog. You could do a wedding blog. You could You can do anything. You can really truthfully do anything. The main thing is to offer a trifecta of focus. This includes subject matter, expertise, passion about the topics, or something interesting to your readers. Remember, whatever you decide to do today, you can change or add to it tomorrow. You're not locked in. But you want to start somewhere. Don't let not knowing exactly, exactly what you want to do holds you back. Because again, your business can grow and evolve with you as you learn what you like to do and how you like to do it. Because believe me, 10 years ago, I was blogging about cake smashes and weddings and 
I don't even know, travel. And I had a segment called Our Life, which I actually still maintain. Um, And it was just like, all over the place. But then I realized I don't really like doing cake smashes. So why would I blog about them to get more clients to look at them? Like it just doesn't make sense. So like me, you can grow and evolve with your business and with your blog. So just pick a niche and just start going with it and see what you can do and build from there. Think about the blog structure and how you want to create the categories for your blog. Maybe you have five main topics that you want to cover. So you can create a category for each. Again, this could be like food, travel, home, you know, whatever the case, whatever those categories for you are. Um, If you're a wedding photographer, it could be weddings, wedding tips, real weddings, wedding inspiration, you know, just all things wedding. Um, Yeah, again, possibilities are endless there. You just want to make sure that you focus it towards your niche, so supporting your overall goals. The structure of your blog will make it easier for readers to navigate, and it also helps with SEO. Because again, you want to hit on those keywords that fit within your niche so that you are able to build on your SEO. And again, SEO stands for search engine optimization. Blogging is actually a really good way to rank higher on Google. So by really leaning into your SEO, you're able to then build your credibility on Google so that you rank higher. We'll talk more about this in a minute. Start building the email list right away. I did not do this. Email lists weren't a thing, at least in my community when I had started blogging. This is such a great way to show up for your clients and a great way to get in their ear regularly. Make sure that you have a way to collect the email subscribers for your blog and platform. One way to collect email subscribers is to have a pop-up opt-in page. This would allow you to get in front of your reader's eyes quickly and then they can easily sign up to be on your email list. Be sure to offer some sort of incentive for when they subscribe. So again, if you're like a wedding photographer, you might have a free downloadable, like subscribe to our email list now and get bridal party um, gift ideas or whatever the case. Or if you're like a home inspiration person, like download this coupon code. Or if you sell products, you could offer them a discount rate or just any freebie that you want to give away. You could also utilize that as the incentive. One thing that's really great about building that email list early is that you're going to continue to reach more people. And this will allow you to then convert more people as readers into then clients. I actually shot a wedding and that client was booked because last month I sent out an email blast to my email subscribers and she needed a wedding photographer last minute. I don't recall the certain circumstances, but I was available. And so she booked me and it was all from just like sending out that email. And I actually got a handful of bookings from that. So it's a super awesome way to show up for your client. And it also reminds them because clearly at some point she subscribed to my email list, um, but she, I guess, didn't remember. And so when we're talking at the wedding, she just really wanted to book someone that she had a connection to in regards to like, not just someone off Google. She wanted to do it with someone that she'd either worked with before or was like a referral, like a word of mouth referral. So when I popped into her inbox, she was like, it was perfect. And I knew that you'd worked at the club that I'd done, that that she was a member at and all this. So she's like, it was just perfect, perfect timing. So again, I may not have gotten that booking had I not had that email list and shown up in her face at the right time. And if you sell products, like maybe people, you know, 
you're on the back burner of their mind. And then Mother's Day comes up and you shoot them an email saying, hey, don't forget to buy your Mother's Day stuff. They're like, oh, snap, you're right. Mother's Day is coming up. And boom, they make a purchase. It's just an awesome way to show up in front of them when they need to see it. Just as a gentle reminder. And honestly, we don't have to dive into this now, but your email list, it doesn't have to be sales all the time. It can just be tips and tricks. Because again, uh, what was my email that went out last month that she responded to? I'm pretty sure it was just like, hey, we have a couple openings. If you want to book, summer's here. Here's some summer tips. And then boom. You know, so if you're sending out a weekly email, it can be simple things like tips for summer, fun things to do during fall, whatever the case is going to speak to your audience. And then they may reach out. So it's perfect. Anyways, I digress. Let's focus on the blog startup. So learning about SEO is very important for your blog. As I mentioned earlier, now we'll kind of dive into that. So this will gain traction and help bring clients to your site. So research the SEO tips and tricks so that you can easily implement these strategies into your blog writing. That way, each blog post will boost your SEO presence. You can use a widget or an app to help ensure your content is SEO friendly and checks the marks to get the most out of the post. Now, there's certain like rules and stuff within SEO. So you want to make sure that your title of your blog post is hitting on that. You want to make sure the body of your blog post has enough content so that it can rank within Google and that you're also hitting on the key factors that they need. So like keywords and internal and external links um, and the image criteria and all image attributes and just different things like that. So it's super important to have an idea of what's going on with SEO so that you're not just throwing something out there and hoping some of it sticks. And again, they have widgets and apps within different blog platforms that will allow you to kind of like, I don't, when I used WordPress, there was a specific widget and I don't remember the name, but I could look at the end of my blog post and see the green checks that I met and then red X's where I wasn't meeting them. And then I could adjust as needed. And for me, that visual was super helpful in making sure that I hit all the SEO points that I needed to hit. Another thing that would be really good for your blog is having a professional email address. This will give your blog a professional look. Not only do you want your blog to look professional, but having that professional email address is going to give you an overall professional look. Um, And you might have like a super gorgeous platform with exquisite content. And then you have an email that's like kmp92 at gmail.com. So you're born in 92. And your email says that. Having an email that is branded and using the same domain will give a much more professional look. Um, especially within your correspondence, you want to show up. That's like if 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 someone's looking at your blog and then they want to email you and they find kmp92 at gmail.com, it's like, oh, okay, cool. But if it's info at katiemurray.com, it's a lot more professional. And that's one of their, you know, first impressions because now they're actually reaching out to you, not just talking on your blog to you. And so it's going to give that correspondence more credibility. And it's also going to give your site and your emails more credibility because again, it's coming from a professional, not just KMP92. I personally, maybe it's just a pet peeve, but like when I get an email from someone who's just like at gmail.com or at Yahoo or at Hotmail, 
it just devalues them slightly. Now, I understand that not everyone can afford, you know, a fancy domain and stuff like that, or you've had an email address that you want to use forever and you don't want to change it, but you can change from an old email address and forward all those emails to go to your new email address and just respond from your new email address to make that transition into a more professional look. There are definitely ways to do it and be successful about it. So another thing that you want to keep in mind when you're doing your blog is a keyword research. Like keyword research is so, so important because you need to make sure that you're honing in on keywords that actually reach your ideal client. So make sure that you're using words that are targeting your ideal client that will fit within your niche because you don't want to just throw out words and then not even be hitting on them. So an example of this might be some people don't photograph outdoor weddings. They only do like hotel and formal indoor wedding venues. So if you're just talking about nature and the trees and all these things, you're not going to reach the right audience. But if you're talking about like an intimate hotel wedding or an intimate garden wedding or whatever the case is, just hitting on those words, um, intimate is going to be huge. So I personally prefer smaller weddings. So like intimate elopements. But I'll also do just intimate weddings because technically an elopement would not have like an audience, but like a lot of my weddings have like 20 to 30 people at them, which is great for me. It's perfect for me. So I focus on elopements and intimate weddings. And so those are some key words that I really try to hit on when I'm blogging. Now, a lot of this will go back to your brand you know, you're not going to be able to fully dive into blogging until you've honed in on what your brand needs to be. So finding those keywords and knowing what your ideal client looks like and how you can reach them is so important because if you don't know those, then you can't focus on your keywords and then you can't reach them. Now, a lot of times I think that people try to keep things too generic because they're willing to take on so many different people. But by doing that, you're not speaking to one person. So imagine, I don't know, a good analogy, but like you're out on the street corner and you're just screaming to to the mountains, like nobody's going to listen to you. But if you walk up to one person and say, hey, I really want this or that, and you talk to them, you're probably going to get their attention. But other people might still hear you or might still interact. So it's really important to make sure that you're honing in on your ideal client. That doesn't mean that you won't take on other clients that come in who are maybe not 100% your ideal client, but they're only 75% your ideal client. Then you want to make sure that you're speaking to someone because if you're speaking too generically, you're not speaking to anyone. And then you've sold yourself too short and you're not able to get clients. I think a lot of new entrepreneurs run into this problem because They're just so eager to get business and to grow that they're willing to take anything on. So they don't want to, I guess, pigeonhole themselves into one niche or one thing. But if you focus really hard on getting super good at that one thing, you're going to not only be able to be successful at that thing, but then you'll be able to take on other things. So for me, I can do product photography, even though I don't focus on it. It's not one of my mainstream niches, but I do enjoy it. And it does bring in some income and allow me to have some creativity, freedom when I'm like styling products versus working at a wedding or a portrait session. So I'm super, super, super good at portrait sessions. And I focus on building my rapport within portrait sessions, but 
it trickles over and I'm able to do some product photography. And that's just an example of how you can be successful at one specific thing and allow other things to come in. But if I don't even focus on portrait photography and I'm like, I can just do any kind of photography any day, anytime, it almost devalues your credibility because you're sounding desperate, if you will. So just make sure that you're mindful of that when you're approaching your blogs as well, because you want to make sure that you're really speaking to your ideal client. Other people will still come to it and they'll still read it and they'll still gain insight about you from it, but you want to speak to that ideal client. So those are some quick tips for blog startup within the first three months. Again, the internet is full of tips and tricks, but these are just some things that worked for me when I was starting out and what I learned over the years of all my experience within blogging. I I enjoy blogging and it's really fun to hit on all the SEO components of it to make sure that it's successful. But what I really love is the analytics after I blog to see how many views I got, how much reach I've had. And blogging has pretty much been one of the biggest factors in getting me to rank so high in Google. Obviously, I do make sure that my website has SEO presence and I do other things to make sure that that marketing is in place. But I definitely find that I get the most movement and traction when I'm actively blogging because it just continues to create more credibility within Google for my website so that I rank higher. So when someone types in wedding photographer or Rockville photographer or Bethesda photographer, I'm going to rank higher. It's just, it's awesome. So these are the tips that have worked for me. I would love to hear how they work for you. Until next time, guys, keep on diving in.